Welcome to Model Secrets. I'm Kim Alley, former model agent and now independent scout with over 30 years of experience in the business. I'm Katya. I have been modeling on the East Coast for several years and build a great community on social media. In our podcast, you will get an insider's look into the modeling world shared by models, photographers, agents, scouts, and other industry professionals. We hope you will have fun learning about the modeling industry with us. Hi, and welcome to Model Secrets. Sean, it's great to have you here. Hi, everyone. Hi, very (laughs) excited to see you. Yeah. Okay, so let's hear a little bit of how you got started in the business. Everybody wants to know. Okay, Um, well, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, originally. Um, and I, I think it was about 19, 18, 19 at the time in the early nineties, there were a lot of model searches that came into town, um, trying to scout like, you know, the next big face. And I went to this one model search. I think it was called Manhattan model search. Um, do you remember that? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah. And I, they, they were, I think they did like a pre casting in Richmond and then the big one was in DC or Alexandria. So I went to that and I'm a little shorter. Um, at the time it was like Marcus Schenkenberg um, was the big model and like all those like, like Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, like, you know, those Kate Moss had just come onto the scene. And I think it, because of Kate, things had started to change a little bit um, in regards to like, you ha- couldn't be like under six foot, two and a half. Um, so for me at just at six foot or like five eleven, that was a little bit of a stretch. And when I went, mm-hmm. I got turned down a lot because you know everybody wanted the full package like a runway model and um you you know if you didn't fit that mold then you couldn't be a model or considered as Mm. but I ended up getting signed by a couple agencies one was LeJance in Miami and one was Nitro Men in New York and um at the time they bought plane tickets for you if you got signed with an agency so I get, ended up getting my ticket and um, I was going to go to uh, Miami first, but mm-hmm. when something happened with the team and they um, couldn't have me come out and it was like November, I remember. And I rerouted my ticket for New York, but I did that on my own without talking to my agency. <laughs> and I showed up at the door and I was like, hi, I'm here. And I had like $300 in my pocket and I um, didn't have any friends or, and I didn't, they didn't have models apartment for me, obviously, because it was not season. It was like the, at the end of November. So mm-hmm. I stayed at the YMCA and like the homeless shelter. Yeah. And um, it was really scary because I was like, my $300 was going to go out really quick. And um, I was determined not to go backwards and to go back to school and and to Richmond, even though I love Richmond, but I mean, I was like, I need to be, I need to be a star. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And -hmm. that's what I did. I lived at the, for, you know, until I made friends, I like, you know, no castings to go to. I just, I would take my book to designers um, places and just leave it like interview magazine and just leave my book there and um there was like a little drop box that you could leave books in at the day and mm-hmm. you, if you weren't with an agency you, that's where they put the books and then you would collect your books and then hope that they would call you um nobody called me 
But I, I did end up saying to myself, I was like, I'm not going to go home. I mean, we didn't have beepers then at the time. We didn't even have cell phones. So like we only used the pay phone. Yeah. Call every day crying. Um, I get so scared and sad because like living in a homeless shelter in Manhattan at the time was like, it wasn't a safe town. You know, I even bought scissors once um, to use as a weapon in case somebody jumped me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that's scary. so scary. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know how I, I got out of it alive, but I was determined. And, you know, since things weren't really kicking in for me at the, um, at the agency and I was doing things on my own, I was like, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to get it. I'm going to not go back to the shelter until I can get a, um, a, until I have a job to support myself. So, um, that's what I did. I got dressed up. I got my resume together, like a silly little resume. And I walked outside and I went to every single solid place until I got a job. I got one job for the daytime. And then mm-hmm. if castings came in, I would work that in, which was very far and few. Um, and then I was like, after that, I don't have friends. I don't want to come back and hang out at the shelter. So I got a second job in the afternoon and like the evening. And I did that. I, I got, I like barely got by. I mean, all I did was eat, you know, I had rent to pay. Um, it was like a $20 a night fee or something like yeah. that at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And then I needed to eat. So I ate only pretzels from the, from the, <laughs> oh my God. and that's what I did. I would, that's a rough way to start. <laughs> really was. Yes. That, I think that really shows, and this is not to pat myself on the back, mm-hmm. how determination can really take you through um, and perseverance and keeping your eye on the prize because you know, eventually the, you know, I stopped being with the agency and things didn't really pan out. And I went home several times, you know, over the, the course of years and I moved to LA at some, at one point, but I still kept trying. Um, and, you know, I ended up doing some stuff on TV and I ended up doing some print, a little small print jobs. And, you know, I did um, uh, commercials and, and all that. Um, and show remodeling was really what I did because I fit sample mm-hmm. sizes. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> then my hair fell out <laughs> really early on. <laughs> I got I got the, the real crappy end of the stick on that one, like at 23. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't model anymore. And I was like, okay, do I go back to Richmond and like go to school for the arts mm-hmm. because I was accepted to BCU for the arts program um, there? Or do I stay in the business, which I still love, you know, and, and maybe reshape my thought process mm-hmm. about the whole thing. Right. And I, a girlfriend of mine worked at this little agency. She was a model at this agency called APM. Um, and at the time it was like, more commercial stuff and some fashion stuff. They had, you know, people that were, did um, drag shows and they had, you know. (laughs) That's when it was A plus. Yeah, it was. But the name changed because of uh, a legal issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then they had real legitimate models. So it was a little, it was like kind of like a catch all of agencies. It was really kind of confusing. But Did you know that I worked there then? Yes. Okay, okay. I know almost everything about you. <laughs> yeah, but we had a man's, oh, a man, we had a men's division. Yeah. And then we had the woman's division and the woman, I can't remember her name, who was running APM. Penny. Oh, okay. Penny, there's Penny and the Louise. No, Robert. no, no, no. I mean, before, but. We, yeah. Before and that. And she's the one that hired me. Yeah. Marta yeah. was a. Yes. Was a, an interesting egg too. Um, but. I think it's interesting because 
and I'll, it'll come full circle with the yeah. conversation that we're having. I think a lot of people at APM, it, I don't know what it is about the universe, but they are, there's a lot of people that are connected to that agency yeah. and it's had so many changes and uh, it's like a cat, you know, black cat where, or the cat with nine lives. It just comes back in a whole nother like shape. But the people that go and work there have this really strange bond and we all end up going to work at IMG or like, for, you know, or like this and that, or people yeah. that I train mm-hmm. will go off into the world and become really successful for like Victoria's Secret or something like that. But then we all end up coming back together again um, in a weird way, which that doesn't mm-hmm. happen at other agencies. It's like, hi and bye. You know what I mean? It's a magical it, agency and Penny's a fantastic person. It is. And John even, John worked at APM and that's how we met. I mean, We'll get catch back up to that. But um, so, yeah, I started off as an intern there. Um, Louise Roberts, who is kind of like my mentor, she's taught me most everything about the foundation of of what I know in the the industry um, from like contracts and all that. Um, Louise hired me. They gave me a stack of papers and they're like, here, call these people. And I was like, what? I, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, and I was like, okay, maybe I do know. And I would just call and Louise would guide me. She would, she listened to me on the phone and she was like, have more personality, do this, do yes. that, you know? And re- I, I'm a very fast learner. And within two weeks as an intern, I was making a profit for the company and they hired me on as a junior. Um, so I worked there for several years work. The focus was only on women at the time. And, you know, I was, the models are mostly commercial, but I ended up doing stuff like, you know, fashion week and, you know, pushing the agency to a different realm that they were not able to get. Like yeah. I introduced showroom modeling to them and, um, you know, we were ne- negotiating contracts for Calvin Klein showroom and I did the gap body campaign with Nadia. Like, like it was interest. I like to push myself. Yeah. and see what else mm-hmm. I can go for, like a brass ring. And, and that's the thing that was good about that agency is it was boutique, but they allowed me to challenge the agency and the norms of what modeling was and what you could achieve, you know, mm-hmm. and I could, I had free reign to do as much as I wanted to. Like I could see something and then say, okay, this could be this girl or could be this model. And then to take the model and create it into the vision that I had and actually see it to come to fruition, that was fun for me. So <clears throat> that was the beginning. Um, and then, you know, I came in and out a couple of times um, from agency to agency, but when I did go back to work with Penny and Louise um, at APM, uh, I met Taylor Hendrick, um, which I knew Taylor Hendrick. He's now the men's board um, director at uh, Society. Um, but Taylor and I know each other since we were like 19, we used to go to clubs together in DC with like, we were in, Mm -hmm. I used to Vogue, I was in a house and Taylor was in a house and we used to battle and like all that crazy stuff that you see now a lot of kids doing. I don't know if it's passe anymore again, but like we, I was one of the originals, um, to, to be doing all that stuff. But that's how I met Taylor was out clubbing and Taylor ended up working at APM and that's where we got a a stronger connection with each other and became good friends. But uh, a little ways down the road, I had left and gone to Dallas and come back. And when I was coming back, Taylor was like, "Um, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going back to APM. And he was like, no, come over to DNA. And, um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's a change. 
Um, and I mean, APM was great and it'll always ser have served its purpose and taught me a lot. But I mean, DNA was the next level of, you know, that was like number one eight of agencies at the time. Still is mm -hmm. one of the best agencies. Mm -hmm. But I switched from uh, women's to men's. And, um, and I worked with very big models like that were doing every major campaign. And I sat across from the women's board and you'd see like Natalia come in and like Linda would come in and like, you know, all the, all the big girls would come in. Ma uh, Magdalena, when Alexander McQueen uh, that did the last show and he, he, you know, unfortunately passed away. Like I was there when those girls were walking the show and we all got to interact with each other. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a, you know, the men's sport did hit their thing and the women's sports did their thing, but we were all friendly with each other. So that was really great like, experience. Whew. Yeah. It was amazing going to Calvin Klein parties and like, you know, it was the full on like experience, but then the internet changed things. And, um, you know, and I think the whole business started to change because of so like the internet, meaning like online bookings, like magazines went from paper to, you know, going to digital only, you know, and some completely going out and then department yeah. stores stopped doing the catalogs and the advertising, they still do, but then they also focused on like the online um, aspect. And with that rates changed, um, of course, and they started cutting things down and going lesser and, and all that. But um, I kind of felt like it, Jerome, the owner of the agency passed away and I was really, it was David um, Benubier and Jerome, his father, Jerome and I were very close. Um, and I was up there for three years and I was up for my review. Um, but David was a little bit more um, staunch than Jerome. We weren't as close. And when my review came up, I was like, do you see like me growing with the company? And mm -hmm. He was like, mm, I, I don't see anything right now. And I was like, all right, well, that's my chance for the exit. I was like, if you don't believe in me, then I'm not yes. going to invest in you. Yes, yes, of course. And at the time, Penny at 8 p.m. with her siren song came calling. <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, would you come back to 8 p.m. and would you like help elevate the brand and like and change the image? And I did. And that's where I found Miles McMillan. And that's where I met John Crawford. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I worked at APM again for a little bit, but then the models started getting stolen. Miles was stolen from me by Taylor, of all people. And yeah. Taylor, um, when that happened, it just, it got disheartening because, you, you know, we have friends that are your, your so-called friends in the business. And it's still, I mean, I don't trust anyone, hardly. There's yeah. very few people that you can um, trust in this industry because at the end of the day, they're all out for each other. Right. And when your friends start taking your models from you without talking to you first, that's kind of like, okay, you know. And I was like, well, I'm doing all this work for this agency and the models are getting taken from me. I, I don't really, this isn't fun. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I made Miles like, he did 13 shows this first this season and he was doing like, a shoot, about to shoot all these big campaigns and then he got pulled away from me. Yeah. So I ended up going to Major for a hot second. I found Jacob Morton at Major, but then that energy was not good for me there either. I learned very quickly when things are not right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also not a glutton for punishment. So I left very quickly from like right after I found Jacob and Jacob was also taken um, and then placed with DNA as well. <laughs> so I was like, Golly. Two of my things come on people. You. But you know, it's what's ridiculous. funny is that, yeah. You know, what's funny is that people were, I won't say names, but when yeah. I was in Europe um, and I was with, ended up going to fusion um, when I was in Europe, I was, I found out that 
pe- that people were introducing Jacob and um, Miles as somebody that they found. Mm-hmm. But the Italian agents especially and the other agents knew that they came for me because I proposed them to them when they were starting to do well. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were told that this person specifically, I won't say names, was going around saying, yes, I found this boy. He's so great. And they're like, no, no, Sean found him. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my God. So nice to have that support from other markets and, and know that this person that was like saying that they were, you know, had found him, who was also my friend at the, you know, and still mm-hmm. is my friend, which is yeah. kind of twisted. Um, but I get like, that. Yeah. It's like what, this yeah. the shenanigans. I mean, and then I'll catch up in a little bit about like, I stepped away from the business for a minute because of the craziness, but I was the men's board director at fusion for um, about seven years. And I, you know, I liked uh, the team there. Um, I, I liked the freedom that I had and to be creative and I felt like, you know, good energy, but the owner and I had a little bit of a falling out and we parted ways and I ended up going to Wilhelmina with Taylor again um, Taylor was the men's board director at Wilhelmina. And, you know, that was a little bit of an interesting struggle. Let me know if I'm talking too much about things. I love it. I don't even have no, to that's ask amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'm having to like pull it out. And you're I, like, no, no, I can great. ramble for sure. No, I love it. Are you kidding me? It's great. And it's um, so interesting. Can I just say, it's so interesting yeah. that I've always felt this way too. It's like, you meet people in the business and I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you know, me, I mean, my, the person who taught me was Louise Roberts too. I mean, she's the one and Karen Lee was, is my mentor too. And it's like everybody kind of, we all know each other and we're on this connection together. And I feel like, you know, when I have a girl, you know, I I usually always show them to New York first. That's my first place, but Mm -hmm. it's just so interesting how everybody kind of changes around. And, and this is kind of why, you know, it's just, Okay, so tell us, so you went to Wilhelmina with Taylor and you. Yeah. Tell me about um, that. It was interesting because, I mean, I don't know how much I should disclose, but <laughs> I I actually can't disclose too much about Wilhelmina. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you um, signed something. I did, and, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, and I'm sure my in my departure that things ended up working out to my benefit. Um, yeah, yeah that, it always does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll gloss over Wilhelmina, um, but uh, yeah, so... Then I, <laughs> with, with the departure of Wilhelmina, um, yeah. I was so disheartened um, because I saw the ugly side of the business and how people that are your friends can lie to you, keep secrets from you, and then go off and, you know, just the lack of consideration. I was like, I'm going to, I need to get out of the business. I, I can't, mm-hmm. it's not healthy for me. I, you know, it's really doing a number on my head. So how and long, how long did you work at Wilhelmina? A year. Okay. A year. That's what I thought. A, okay. I think, I, I think probably even maybe into over a year ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more than a year. Cause I do think you have to take a break from it. I mean, I really do feel like when we've been in the business as long as we have, it's like, you know, you do need a, like a little <laughs> it's, need it's, a break. Can a, it can be a little bit of a, a, a it can yeah. do a number on your head because there is so much strategy and chess playing mm-hmm. and it, it's and then now that COVID's hit and talking to other people that are left and come back um like I've talked to some other agents like Maggie Reiser's agent I was talking to yesterday or the day before and he's back in the business again um after stepping away it's not necessary like all the games and 
Yeah. I think we all are starting to figure out like what's important and what we want to do and what they, we love. And uh, quite frankly, I, I don't think that we have to accept, you know, ill behavior and negative energy. I mean, somebody came at me twice since I've been doing this in two weeks and I've had to flat out tell them like, you can move on if you want to, but I won't accept that energy into my life anymore. Like it, it, I don't want it to take a hold of me and affect my, I think my, my headspace is, is something that I have to really cherish and value where I didn't do that before. I always thought that I was the wrong one. I I should be taking the abuse from other people and um, the backstabbing because I wasn't good enough. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's, it's always that type of, it's like having an, a, mm-hmm. an abusive partner. It's like, it's the same way for the business. It's, it's very similar to being in a relationship yeah. where you have people that you, you're like laughing while you're getting kicked in the ass. You're like, you know, ah, should I be laughing? I'm laughing because I love you and you could help my, you know, it's like, yes. you, you, you kind of, it's, it's a head thing. Um, yeah. So you took a break. I did. I went into the floral industry. I studied. Um, my husband was really supportive and luckily like we're okay enough to be able to go into, mm-hmm. he was able to let me go into that. But uh, I mean, I was, I was up for a TV show even in February and I was one of almost 40 out of thousands. Um, so I got to get my license and that and, and, and I thought that that's where I was going. Um, and I was doing events at like the Metropolitan Music or is it the Museum of Natural Art and History and like Radio City Music Hall. And, you know, it was, I was like, wow, I can't believe I went from doing that to now doing this amazing thing. And then mm-hmm. COVID hit and everything got canceled. Um, and then we went to the, my husband and I left the city. We went to the mountains for seven months while we were furloughed. And John Crawford, um, He's been a friend of mine since my stint at APM with Miles was like, would you come back into the business? And I was like, Ugh. like, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I, mean, I don't Only know if, if I'm going to deal with you love. Huh? Only if it's with someone you love. Exactly. I mean, and that's what I told him. I was like, I have to trust people. Like, and I want mm-hmm. people that appreciate me. And, you know, I have to know that, you know, this is the, the company that you, you have is like upstanding and I'm not going to go backwards. I want to go forward. And finally, like with a good amount of thought over the summer, like he even came out to the mountains to see me, which I was like really impressed about. I mean, not only is he my friend, but he's propositioning me for a business, you know, um, marriage of sorts. And um, yeah, two weeks ago, I joined as the director of, of new faces for the men's and women's board. And it's been like a hustle trying to, lock in the right puzzle pieces, make sure that there's good thought into all of that and not just take people on to take them on, um, you know, know that there's purpose for them, but also balance out COVID and COVID regulations and guidelines and people not being able to go out to Europe or vice versa. And it's definitely not the same that it, it, it was before, but hopefully, you know, it is getting busier compared to the shutdown that happened. Um, and like I said, we're working on Ralph Lauren and Jill Sander for um, Uniqlo the other day and Vogue Portugal. And, you know, there's exciting projects that are happening, but I'm excited to hopefully have the COVID wash away, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a vaccine or, you know, cure or any of those things so we can get back to, to business. And, you know, I think with a clear head, you know what I mean? And do you yeah. feel like the, the business has changed so much? Well, we know it has since COVID, but 
But even so, when we when we were modeling or back then, when you first started with APM, how, how do you feel like the business has changed? Do you feel like it's more influencers or do you feel like, you know, I mean, what we were just talking about is that the models have to have somewhat of a story kind yeah. of behind them. Well, we don't have beepers anymore. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have pay phones. You can't find a and pay subway, phone anymore. And subway tokens. <laughs> <laughs> subway. I still have those. <laughs> do you really? I always, yeah, I I, 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 I'll find one one day. I, I want to have a little keepsake, but yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely has changed. I think I touched on like it moving into social media and like mm. the era where Alexander McQueen passed away and then going into more digital um, stuff. But now with the influencers, and I think we spoke a little about this earlier, Katya, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like the direction that you, you what your, is your strength and, and what yes. you utilize as your tool um, is uh, I think it used to be a little messy and you just had to grab as many followers as possible and then utilize the, you know, with casting yeah. directors, like how many followers do you have? And you're like, yeah. I have like 5.5 million. And there were, you know, some people were buying them, but there was no, yeah. not really a, um, a proper uh, focus or presentation to it. Um, casting directors were taking on numbers just to take on models that had numbers. And I mean, look mm-hmm. at like the Kardashians, for instance, like, have built themselves on social media, um, which I still don't get to be honest. I don't either. Like I'm, I'm totally, I, some people yeah. might hate me for this, but I'm definitely not a fan. <laughs> I just don't get it. That's the part I don't understand at all. No, I, I also don't like augmentation and um, changing natural appearances too much. Yeah, all the contouring came out. Yeah. yeah the I, <laughs> I appreciate the hustle and the effort, but yeah. I don't, like when it's all built built on like falsehood, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, long story short, it's there's definitely a change. And then Katya, you, we were talking about um, like, you know, taking the influencer portion of, of models today yeah. and being able to go after the, the brands and clients that are just focused on that. But then there's also the modeling side um, where you are a legit model yeah. and you fit, you are of a certain height and you have a proper presentation, but marrying the, influencer side with the modeling side and connecting the two of them together so that it, it, it you become like a, a full um recognized um uh unit of a model you know what i mean to have strength on both sides and i feel yeah, like we kind of talked the, oh sorry no 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 i just feel talk- like that's so important when you have um you know just in the future that's what's going to be the future yeah models nowadays like you're building your personal brand so there's got to be something else about you why brands want to work with you and not another model and speaking of followers like i do see now that brands are more aware of you know fake following and they actually prefer to work with smaller accounts because they have more engaged followers and those followers could be potential clients because I don't remember the who was that influencer, but it was an influencer who had like a million followers and couldn't sell like 10 t-shirts. It was like an article, yeah. you know, all over the social media saying that you can have a million followers, but are they really going to buy it? How many of them are like females? How many can afford buying, uh, you know, this designer clothes? And then you get to this like small number. So, it really comes back to you know the demographic and 
uh, your followers, like how you build in your network as well. Because if you're posting only, and we talked about it with Kim all the time, if you're only posting bikini pictures, yes, then you're going to attract a certain amount of um, followers. And are they really care about your brand or they just want to look at pretty pictures? Right. Yeah. So you really have to be smart about it. And what are you putting out out there? Right. I think it's interesting that um, it, it's now a career where people actually study and know the um, the actual structure of it. And can, it's not just about pictures and the numbers that you see, but there's a lot more substance behind it. Um, so is that what you, you're, are you studying that or is it just something that you're really focused on or how does that work for you? I never, I mean, study this. I mean, I try to educate myself more about um, social media from the marketing perspective now, mm -hmm. since I'm growing. But for me, it was always more about like building this connection with people because I do reply to my DMs and yeah. I get those like the girls, oh my God, you replied. I was like, I mean, Your someone took like, the time. You get off the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but for me, when I see someone that wrote like three paragraphs, uh, yeah. To me, like I, I can't just pass and go to the next one. Like I have to reply because I feel like those people really care about you know what I'm doing. And sometimes, like I just give them the short answer, and that's enough. Or you know, where they feel lost, I just encourage them, kind of just telling my story. Because for me, when I started modeling, I didn't have anyone, so it was everything you know, trying to figure things out in foreign country <laughs> and not yeah. you know back then I didn't speak English and didn't have friends so it's all possible and again like you just have to keep hustling because <laughs> yeah. girls giving up after trying three agencies and saying maybe maybe it's not going to work out I'm like uh, okay yeah, timing is a big thing too I believe that like right now it's all about diversity and inclusion and it's a you know I, I would yeah. say some of my models wouldn't have a chance before now they do so yeah no exactly i think when i was at dna that was it was all starting yeah. but mm -hmm. i don't think that people really like i think it's andreas um was one of the first trans or um male to female right wh whichever term that um he he wanted to at the time we didn't really know what to, right. to say or how to explain it and it's so nice to see um, not only um, gender identity, that, that whole change in movement, but and not mm -hmm. saying male or female or right. what you identify as, but um, I think ageism um, is another thing, um, being a new model. And that's something that I've been encountered is, you know, it used to be you could only be like 16 to 18 and yeah. you were a hag considered like <laughs> old. Uh, no, to start, you <laughs> never. Um, but now it's like, I want to challenge like taking on a 30 year old new model and somebody who's a little curvier or somebody who's a little edgier. I mean, I've always gone for the edgy ones, um, but you know, anybody of a different, different ethnic background, like it wasn't, it, 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 all that stuff just, it was kind of starting, but not as like free and open as it is now. And I'm excited to see what, um, what is going to happen. Right. And going back to like you know what's gonna happen we have no idea that we're just taking it one day as as we come and we're adapting to the change i mean we're doing a zoom right now and most of my meetings are remote and and zoom because we want to be safe and healthy so yeah 
who knows? Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, we just we just have to hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what you do? I mean, I think you love what you do. When you when you meet a model, don't you? I mean, don't you feel that inside? Like I, like for me, I know when I I love a model, I'm like, oh, I love. Yeah, it's about a feeling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've met so many pretty people and, you know, especially over the past few weeks and I'll know immediately just off of their energy. If I want to invest, if they're going to, cause you have, we have to sell them. You, yeah. you guys look, we, you're a product at the end of the day. You're also a yeah. person, but it, it's all about us taking the, the energy and then putting it back out so that you get something from it. And yeah, no, it's it's definitely about that. Yeah. So I think we're great. This has been an okay. awesome interview, yeah. and we're so happy that you could come on here. And I'm sure a lot of new models would love to hear your story. I'm yeah, thank you for that. having yeah. me. I really appreciate yeah, it. This is the first thing I've. I've I mean, I I haven't really done uh-huh. an interview before, so I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> it's painless. It's painless. Yeah. Well, let's let's do one more question. Okay, go. If you yes. could give an advice to beginner models, like let's say she's not, I mean, industry standard, even right. though the industry is changing, there are some, you know, height requirements, measurements requirements that are still there. So what would you recommend someone who is like shorter, someone who is, um, you know, size six and up? Yeah, I mean, there's always talent and acting and going into that but there some of those acting agents um also have a print division and that's kind of like what we used to rest on but if you know i know that if you notice like going on to a lot of the websites of the agencies globally there's an influencers division um i would say if you are a little shorter to, you know having something special about you whether it's like you know a talent or a hobby you know and be able to marry that with you and making yourself your own brand and becoming an influencer um, that would help you get motivated or be kind of directed into being considered for the influencer divisions at agencies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. And, and where can people find you? Um, at Crawford Models. Um, and uh, our website's currently under construction, but it's um, www.crawfordmodels.com. And um, do I get my email address? If you want, Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, probably. Yeah, oh, that'd probably Instagram. be better. Okay, my, I'm like, I don't know if I want to. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, want my, you want my phone number, my mobile? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people yeah. would love that. You'd be overwhelmed, though. I'm I have a feeling. Yeah. Well, I found out that um, my phone number and my email address was on um, public. Um, and I didn't understand why oh I was all these weird messages. <laughs> well, Don was like, you know, honey, there's, you know, you've got public information. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that kind of like shows my age a little bit. But yeah, my, my Instagram is at uh, Sean, S-H-A-W-N underscore Zane, Z-A-N-E. Perfect. Thank you so Perfect. much. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. For more episodes, as well as our online modeling workshop, visit modelsecrets.online. See you next week.